This podcast channel is about you, successful international entrepreneurs, successful expats, successful investors, sponsored by HCJ Contacts. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, depending. Okay, decline and don't ask again. Uh, sorry, no, no, no transcription. The person who requested the transcription service. Sorry. Okay, thank you for joining us. HCJ.tax. We do these live streams every week. Different tax topic of interest, and today we're going to talk about U.S. Portugal tax. For those who are joining us for the first time, please remember that this is not advice. We're having a general conversation with general principles. If it is one of the topics, one of the topics that we discussed, if you want to take a deeper dive into it, you would need to engage uh, a professional of your choice to, to work with you on it and to get specific advice. And you can engage us, so you can engage whoever you feel comfortable with. But this is not advice, treat it as in, uh, educational or entertainment, depending on your perspective. This is being recorded. So if you, for those on Zoom, we also live stream it onto Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, whatever. And for those who are on Zoom, if you do not want your image to appear, just keep your camera switched off. Otherwise you will be recorded. So the recording will be available on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, Spotify, Wherever you get your favorite podcasts, we put it on somewhere between 15 to 20 podcast platforms, including our website, hcj.tax. So without further ado, I introduce you to Augusto Polino, who's going to give a presentation on, on Portugal, and then we will just jump into the Q&A. I got your questions. There have been a lot of questions submitted, over 20 questions submitted. And some questions are like part A, B, C, D, E. So it's a lot of questions. Unfortunately, I apologize in advance. We will not be able to get through all of them, but we'll do as much as we can. For those who uh, have not had a chance to submit your questions or topics, please type them in the box below and we'll get to them in the order in which they're received. Over to you, Augusto. Okay, thank you, Darren. Thank you for, for the intro introduction. Hello, everyone. Uh, thanks for, for joining this uh, webinar. Um, so um, just a, a brief uh, uh, presentation of, of my, myself. So I am a tax consultant in, in Portugal for almost 20 years, and we have uh, assisted a, a number of private clients and that decided to move to Portugal, including uh, US citizens. Uh, and um, the idea of this webinar is try to, to summarize uh, some of the, uh, uh, the most common questions that uh, um, arise from a, a text perspective and uh, uh, focused on the NHR regime, the non-habitual residence regime, which is a tax regime, uh, a favorable tax regime that could apply in case uh, of individuals that decide to move to Portugal. I have a, a brief presentation to, to uh, talk about uh, the main features of this regime. I will ask Darren the permission to share my screen. Just a moment. So. Please confirm that you are seeing my, okay, my presentation. So uh, uh, the idea uh, would be just in brief uh, to, uh, uh, to talk about the regime, the tax regime in Portugal. And uh, as I mentioned, the main features of the non-habitual resident tax uh, uh, regime. Um, so, uh, uh, as um, um, an initial uh, uh, remark, just to clarify that the NHR is a, a tax regime that is applicable regardless the, uh, the type of uh, visa or residence permit that 
uh, an individual can obtain to live in Portugal. So this is uh, just a tax regime and it, it works in parallel with, the, with the, any immigration and, or, uh, and visa procedures. So uh, sometimes uh, uh, things are, are a little bit mixed between golden visa, other types of visa and tax regime. So we are only talking about uh, a tax regime. And this tax regime is applicable to uh, individuals that move to Portugal and are considered tax residents in Portugal according to the, 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 the local, uh, the Portuguese law. And the other condition uh, uh, to apply for this regime is that the, the, uh, the person uh, has not been tax resident in Portugal in the previous five years. So these are the main conditions for, for the regime. And the idea is in terms of procedure that the application is made until March of, until the end of March of the year following the one that uh, individual move and change the residency to Portugal. The regime is applicable for 10 years, counting from the first year of tax residency. Uh, some, some questions that uh, uh, are uh, um, common with respect to this 10-year period is uh, what about after uh, the 10, 10 years period elapsed? So in such case, the non-habitual residents became uh, uh, ordinary uh, standard taxpayers in Portugal, according to the general rules. And um, what happened if uh, during this period, for some reason, the, the, the person decides to uh, leave Portugal for one or two years? In such case, the regime will remain applicable if for any reason uh, the person uh, returns to Portugal as long as uh, it is within this 10-year period, counting from the first registration. So, um, and, uh, and also uh, another common uh, uh, question is if there is an option to renew the regime after the 10 years, it's not. It's not, not an option, so uh, um, it ends and uh, you became a regular taxpayer. So uh, about the, uh, the, the, the conditions to be considered tax resident in Portugal. So uh, the rules uh, say that you became tax resident in Portugal if you spend more than 183 days uh, during any 12-month period. So this is the, the first criteria, the general criteria. And then even if you do not spend 183 days, you can be considered as tax resident if you have a dwelling in, Por in Portugal uh, in conditions that suggest uh, an intention to, to, to keep it uh, uh, as habitual residence. Uh, and uh, also an important aspect with, with respect to the tax residency in Portugal, that is Portugal as uh, uh, the concept of partial residency, meaning that, uh, for example, in, in the first uh, uh, year, uh, um, you can be considered tax resident only from the date that you registered in Portugal until the end of the year and not the, the whole uh, tax period, which in Portugal is uh, the same as the calendar year running from January to December. And um, I believe, uh, of course, with respect to the tax residency, there are a lot of questions that can be um, uh, addressed, uh, namely in respect when we are discussing the tax re res residency between two jurisdictions that should always be evaluated and that the double tax treaty concluded by Portugal and the other jurisdiction. Uh, 
In case of the US, uh, it's a, a very specific uh, uh, case because, as you know, being a US citizen or holding a green card, you will always be considered as taxable in, in the US as well. Um, but, but um, well, that's, that, that's, that's the rule. Um, I think we can move just in terms of uh, trying to summarize the, the process uh, in, Porto, in Portugal for tax purposes. So uh, the main steps uh, are apply for the Portuguese tax number, register as tax resident, apply for the NHR status, and of course on an annual basis to file the Portuguese personal income tax return. As a non-habitual resident taxpayer, you, you similar to any other taxpayer in Portugal, you need to report the worldwide income, even if uh, for any reason such income could be exempt under the NHR rules, but you always need to report the the worldwide income. Uh, in terms of the annual tax return, as I mentioned, in Portugal, uh, a tax uh, period is the calendar year from January to, uh, to December. And uh, apart from reporting all income obtained worldwide, uh, you also need to report uh, foreign bank accounts. So uh, there, there is no requirement to report assets or balances of the financial accounts, but you need to report the number of uh, the accounts held abroad. So trying to, to address some of the main features of this regime and some of the benefits that uh, the NHR regime grants, uh, in terms of passive income from foreign source, uh, uh, such income could be exempt from personal income tax in Portugal in certain conditions, if certain uh, requirements are met. So uh, the uh, one message uh, that it is important to to uh, to, to give is uh, uh, that not all income from foreign sources exempt under the NHR regime. So sometimes people think that this is a full exemption of taxation. It's not the case. We need to evaluate the nature and the source of the income to confirm if it is exempt or not. In case of passive income, for example, if we are talking about dividends, interest, uh, rental income, um, that could be taxable uh, at source in the other uh, country according to the double tax treaties. In principle, this means that these types of income are exempt in, from taxation in Portugal under the NHR regime. But to give a different example, in case of capital gains derived uh, from the sale of securities, uh, uh, shares, bonds, whatever, uh, 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 capital gains are, or can, can, can be subject to taxation in Portugal. For example, in case of capital gains derived from the sale of shares in uh, US uh, companies, so such capital gains would be taxable in Portugal and even under the NHR regime. Um, I think that uh, um, this is the main message uh, uh, is that uh, uh, not uh, fully exempt income from foreign source. And with respect to employment income and self-employment income, also from foreign source, uh, uh, exemption is also available, but depending on the situation. For example, employment income, it's only exempt uh, from taxation in Portugal if actually subject to taxation at source. With respect to self-employment income, 
if derived from uh, what we call the high value added activities, um, uh, the exemption may apply, but in such case, uh, um, the rule is that such income could be subject to taxation at source again according to the rules of the double tax treaty and um, with respect to the high value added activities there is a specific list that i, I will share uh, in the end of this uh, presentation um, but the the idea uh, about these high value added activities is that it foresees uh, several professional uh, activities and um, this list was uh, amended in 2000 uh, with effects from 2020 onwards uh, uh, i would say that it broadens the, the opportunities for professionals to uh, to to benefit from the regime but it's always uh, uh, required to evaluate uh, depending on the nature of the activity, if it could be um, um, applicable uh, and considered as a, a high value added activity for the purpose of the NHR regime. Uh, another um, important aspect of the, the NHR regime has to do with the taxation of pension income uh, from a foreign source. So the regime uh, in, in, in originally uh, foresees full exemption from taxation of pension income. This, uh, the, the, the regime was changed in uh, 2020, March 2020. Uh, and now it forces the taxation at a flat rate of 10%. Uh, but this, uh, this new rule is only applicable to uh, individuals that register as tax residents in Portugal after March 2020. 20, meaning that uh, the, the changes introduced in the law were in a way that protect the uh, the regime for previously registered uh, taxpayers. Um, and just uh, uh, one one final comment with respect to uh, the benefits uh, applicable to uh, both salaries and uh, employment income uh, so, and self-employment income uh, derived uh, from activities uh, performed in Portugal and the income sourced in Portugal. Uh, a, a flat rate of 20% uh, may apply in case of high value added activities again. And uh, this flat rate of 20% uh, uh, compares with the progressive tax rates applicable to general taxpayers up to 48%. So it's, it's a, a um, great benefit in terms of personal income tax. Uh, just uh, one additional comment with respect to uh, activities developed, performed uh, mainly in Portugal, that has to do with social security contributions in Portugal. And um, the, the NHR regime, it's a, a, a regime that only foresees benefits for personal income tax purposes. So if uh, employment income or self-employment income is subject to social security contributions in Portugal, uh, the NHR will be treated as any other uh, uh, resident in Portugal and uh, social security contributions will be due on the work performed uh, in Portugal. And um, now just uh, uh, I will not enter into much detail uh, on the list of I value added activities. So it is uh, this new list is based on the Portuguese classi classification of professions in order to be more uh, objective in terms of the evaluation if a certain activity qualifies or not as a high value added one. 
And um, just uh, just trying to summarize the uh, uh, leave some takeaways. So, uh, uh, in general terms, in brief terms, Portuguese non-habitual resident regime uh, is a favorable tax regime that allows uh, to accrue wealth in a white-listed uh, tax environment. Uh, it also allows the disposal of assets. Uh, benefiting from tax exemptions. Um, uh, it may also allow uh, um, to pass on uh, wealth or estate without inheritance or, or gift taxes. And um, finally, uh, it allows the, to enjoy the retirement with, with a minimum tax leakage now of 10% which is still a, a very attractive regime. And as I mentioned, is applicable for 10 years. So I believe these are the main, main ideas that we want to share with you. Uh, and now uh, maybe we can move on to the questions uh, and maybe some of the questions were already answered during the presentation, hopefully. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you very much, Augusta, for that really comprehensive overview. So now we're going to jump into the questions. Again, for those who've just joined, if you did not get a chance to submit your questions previously, just type them in, in the box below and we get, them, get to them in the order in which they are received. Disclaimer, as you saw on the bottom of each of Augusto's slides, this is not intended to be advice. We're having a general conversation about general principles. Let's jump into question number one. I am interested in learning about the NHR. Hopefully you've learned a lot. I moved to Portugal in August, 2021. So August last year, I'm retired and I have not worked since May, June, 2021. Do I qualify for NHR? And would that be of value to me? So I guess this person may be wondering about a late registration for NHR, Augusto. Well, if uh, uh, the person moved in 2021, 20, it's still on time to, to file the request for the NHR until March. Mm -hmm. So we have two months. Okay. And uh, uh, in terms of benefits, yes, I imagine that the, if the, uh, uh, as uh, uh, foresee uh, receiving a pension income, for example, it could be... Um, uh, it could have benefits with the energy regime. Okay, wonderful. And and just to be clear, so if this person, him or her, applies now and gets approved, would it be retroactive to last year though? Or would it be just for 2022 for when they file the returns in 2023? Okay, so the NHR regime, once approved, is applicable since the first day uh, uh, that the, the individual was considered a tax resident in Portugal. Mm, so, all so. right. So fantastic. So it goes all the way back to August 2021. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you as very long much. As, as long as the regime, uh, the status is, uh, uh, is obtained until mm -hmm. the end of March 2022. Okay. Perfect. And so for whoever asked that question, you can feel free to reach out to Augusto to, to take that forward. Question number two, I have questions regarding the taxation of U.S. persons when they're investing in a Portuguese fund for the golden visa. So someone is a golden visa investor from the U.S. What kind of taxes do they need to take into account and what are the rates? In most cases, they would not be residents and they won't be taxed resident in Portugal. What's the best way to declare income from these funds, both dividends and cap gains? It'd be great if you can talk about PFIX. Okay. So one of the, the upsides with the golden visa is that you get to enjoy Portugal, but there's no minimum stay requirement. You can still live in the US or wherever in the world that you would like subject to, to the rules of the golden visa, visa regime. But this is not a talk about immigration, right? So from a tax perspective, if it is you don't trigger one of the two uh, indices that Augusto indicated in his presentation, so you're not gonna be here for 183 days or more, 
and you don't have uh, like your center of life here, then you're, you're correct in your assertion that you won't be subject to Portugal tax, but you're still American, right? So you're still a US person. So as always, you're subject to tax on your worldwide income. Now you're asking specifically about the golden visa fund. So there's a number of ways of, of getting the golden visa. One of them is investing in certain funds. Now, as you in, uh, indicated or you suggested, you're right. Some of them are given a special treatment under the US tax rules called PFIC. PFIC stands for Passive Foreign Investment Company. What does that mean? Well, there are a number of, they, uh, there are a number of uh, rules uh, in the US tax code meant to address investors who invest outside of the US. So it was a big deal once upon a time to invest for Americans to invest outside of the US and take advantage of the fact that they don't need to pay taxes until there's a liquidity event at the end of whatever the lifetime of their investment is, which is unfair, right? Because if you invest in US CITES funds, you get a 1099 every year and you need to pay taxes on whatever the dividends earn, even though they may be reinvested, you still need to declare and, and pay taxes. So the domestic financial institutions within the US, they complain, they complain to Congress and saying, hey, foreign financial institutions have an advantage on us. So in 1980s under President Reagan, the PFIC rules were created. So I won't get into the, the, the details of it, Suffice it to say that they can be quite aggressive if you have a foreign investment, for example, one of the uh, golden visa investment funds, and they're not properly declared. And you, so you need to, first of all, make sure that your, your tax team is familiar with international issues. And this is something we do. We, we are the advisor's advisor. So we, we often do speak to U.S. tax teams that are very domestic focused and they don't, they don't understand international rules. So there are a number of ways of treating the fund if indeed it is a PFIC. So basically a PFIC is any foreign mutual fund. Just, I'm being very, very general, but if you have a foreign mutual fund, more or less, chances are you need to check to see whether it's a PFIC. There are a number of ways of treating it under section 1291, 1293, and 1296, I think, of the tax code. What you're looking for some of the, the funds, the golden visa funds in Portugal, they are designed for Americans. So what they do is they make an election called a QEF election for a qualified uh, electing fund, and they will give you a statement every year. So, so that's what you're looking for. Uh, the ideal is... The ideal is to find a qualifying elective fund. Now, if you, if you don't... If you don't have that ability to work with a fund that is a QEF and that will give you a, a US tax statement every year, then you will need to let your tax advisors know because then the tax advisor that you have will need to create a QEF uh, statement every year. And they'll need to work with the fund to get the data to make it US tax ready. So the bottom line is that it's not a showstopper. Uh, I've seen some stuff written online, you know, and it could be a little bit doom and gloom and fear mongering. Don't worry. Once your tax advisor knows what to do, they'll be able to work with you and work with the fund to prepare the relevant statements to make sure that they're properly disclosed on your U.S. tax forms, which is the form 8621 and the relevant calculations done. If the right calculations aren't done, then the PFIC becomes what we call tainted and some really aggressive throwback rules are invoked. So that's, and they are meant to be very punitive. So you wanna completely avoid that. So hope that answers your question. If you're considering the golden visa, do not run away because it may be a PFIC. Just speak to your advisor and make sure that you're prepared to deal with the US tax consequences. Hope that helps. All right. Darren, just uh, yeah. uh, for completeness and mm -hmm. with respect to the Portuguese, perspective. So in case of uh, income derived from such um, uh, uh, funds, uh, it depends on, of course, in the, of the nature of the fund. But if it, it is not related with real estate in Portugal, 
in principle, what happens is that any income earned by non-resident participants would be exempt from taxation in Portugal, just for completeness. <laughs> Fantastic, thank you. All right, so I'm seeing the questions coming in. Please continue to, to put them in the boxes below. We, we are seeing them, but we'll get to them in the order in which we do receive them. So, right, question three. Please describe the tax liabilities in Portugal and money removed. I guess, okay, when you mean removed, I guess you're talking about IRA distributions, right? Uh, US IRAs distributions, are they considered pensions from a, a Portugal perspective? I know you touched on this, Gusto. Um, yes, uh, well, uh, we need to, to evaluate the nature of, of mm -hmm. the income. I, I understand that also from uh, an US perspective in terms of qualification of the income. And mm -hmm. uh, for example, double tax treaties would be uh, treated as a pension income. Yes, that's correct. Mm -hmm. Right. So as a result, so, the, so what you're asking is the answer is going to be yes, it will be taxed, assuming that you are a tax resident in Portugal, it will be taxed by Portugal. If it is you, uh, as you would have seen in Augusto's uh, presentation, the NHR would allow a preferential tax rate of 10%, but it is going to be taxed. You don't need to worry about double tax once your tax team knows what they're doing. The reason why is that the US side of your tax team will be able to invoke the double tax agreement between Portugal and the US to ensure that the taxes that you pay in Portugal offset any liability you would have in the, in the United States for the IRS. So hope that answers your question. Next, number four, the rules for pension income have changed recently. Can you explain the changes? I guess they're talking about 2020, uh, Augusto? Yes, uh, so the, the, the change with respect to the pension income was uh, that in the pre, in originally the, the energy regime foresees that uh, pension income from foreign source was fully exempt. So, uh, and, and now uh, um, a, tax, a flat rate of 10% is applicable. Correct. So just for those who we're interested in the little politics behind that. Uh, some other European countries complained a bit uh, about Portugal. And, and it's, it's not just picking on Portugal because it's happened. They've complained about other European countries as well. For example, when Britain was part of the EU, they complained about the res non-dom regime yeah. in, in yeah. the UK. And so the, it happens. There yeah. are similar regimes right now in Spain, in Italy, yeah. in, uh, in mm. Greece. So it's, but, yeah. but uh, with respect to that, even this week, we, uh, we get the formal information from the Swedish tax authorities that uh, uh, canceled the application of the double tax treaty with Portugal. One of the reasons is the energy regime. We have already this uh, discussion with uh, Norway, I believe. So, yeah, it's, there's, there's, a, there's some politics involved. It's quite, it's quite political, but you know, ten percent isn't isn't bad. Uh, and from a U.S. point of view, assuming, uh, depending on your situation, it's not well. Depending on your situation, because the NHR is quite nuanced, it, it may not materially impact your tax return. But speak with your advisor about your specific situation. And question five. As an expat, a US expat here in Portugal, what forms will I need to fill to do my Portugal taxes? Uh, that's a big one, Augusto. <laughs> well, uh, uh, it depends on the nature of the income. So uh, one thing is for sure that you, uh, if you have any income worldwide, you need to file the personal income tax return in Portugal mm -hmm. that is due between April and June of the year following the one 
that uh, income relates to. And then uh, to, to, to see the information and the specific appendix of the tax return that needs to be filed, it depends on the nature of the income that mm. you receive in a certain year. <laughs> yeah. You know, what we can do is that if uh, there is no uh, other specific activity developed in, in Portugal that gives gives rise to other tax obligations, namely with respect to VAT, social security contributions and so on. For personal income tax return, the only tax obligation, the only tax filing obligation is the personal income tax return once a year. Mm -hmm. Right. So, uh, you know, if it is, uh, whoever asked this question, if you're new to Portugal, uh, I'm maybe I know you're filled with the spirit of adventure, but it may be worth getting professional guidance uh, if you know, depending on your situation, uh, because it's you know it's it's best to start off on the right foot in Portugal, and you don't want to get in get on the wrong side of the tax authority if if you were to make a mistake by trying to self-file. So you know, and on the side of caution, be prudent, get professional advice. Okay. Uh, next question. Is it better to file Portugal taxes before the US? We had this, we had this discussion and we had this question asked previously. Because as you know, as, as Augusto just mentioned, the Portugal taxes are due between April and June. And Portugal also has a calendar year, Jan to December, just like the US. So for the US, uh, payments are due by April, mid-April. But because we're outside, we get an automatic two-month extension to submit the physical return, which takes us to mid-June. So normally, the busy period would be between April and June. Uh, Augusto, what are your thoughts? Well, uh, uh, from our experience with the U.S. clients, then, uh, yeah. uh, the idea would, try, would be to try to file the Portuguese tax return first, because in case of income that is subject to taxation in Portugal, you can uh, uh, claim the uh, tax credits in the US and, uh, and, the, and the best approach would be to, to first confirm if there is tax due in Portugal or not and then uh, file mm -hmm. the tax return in the US and claim tax credits if it is the case. 100% agree that's, that's, that's how we work together. Uh, what we do actually is we set up the return, we set up the US side of the return because from the information provided we can do every single form on the US side aside from the 1116s, which are the foreign forms. So then we sit and we wait for Augusto to finish the Portugal side, and then we plug those in, and then you're good to go. So chances are both are ready at the same time, but Portugal has to finish the, that calculation first, because that's a calculation we carry over onto the US 1116s. And we may need to invoke the, the double tax treaty just to make sure that they get applied. Uh, Hope that helps. Just remember that from a US side, you may get an extension if you file a 4868, you may get an extension of time to file, not time to pay for those who are new expats. This may be your first time living outside of the US during the tax cycle. You still need to make that mid-April deadline. So please uh, start speaking to your tax teams. Um, moving on. Number seven. What does the NHR do to our taxes? Uh, I think Augusto answered that in, in detail. Uh, it is pretty nuanced though. It's not like, you know, Spain with the Beckham law or Resnon Dom in Ireland or the UK or the flat tax in Switzerland. It is very, very nuanced. Don't you agree, Augusto? Yes. We always <laughs> need to look yeah. at the nature of the income that we are talking about and also the source. Of the mm. yeah right moving on what happens okay question eight what happens to our taxes if we get a 1099 from the u.s so i i am person whoever asked this knows what a 1099 does say u.s return so a 1099 would be for someone who is self-employed an independent contractor so if someone is sitting in in portugal as an independent contractor earning money from U.S. clients. What does that do to the Portugal returns, Augusto? But you, I know you covered it in your presentation, but yeah, summarize. 
well, if, if the activity is mainly performed physically in Portugal, uh, mm -hmm. Even if the clients, the customers are, uh, or the clients in this case are in, in the US, uh, mm -hmm. such activity would be uh, subject to taxation in Portugal as self employment income. Mm. Then exactly. uh, 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 we need to evaluate if it qualifies as a high value added activity in order to benefit from the 20% flat rate or if it is a, an a other activity. And in such case, uh, uh, the, the progressive tax rates uh, up to 48% will, will apply. One, one important aspect that uh, uh, I mentioned also in the presentation has to do with the social security contributions because if the, the person is physically in Portugal and performs all his activity and professional activity here, in theory, at least, it is subject to social security contributions in Portugal as well. Yeah, and I think that's, that's, that's a really important point. Yeah, that people, I get so much, you know, people's jaws just fall to the floor. It's like, what? Are you serious? I have to pay so much? Because what it could do, if, if it is that you are high, val high value added, so that's 20%, but then this puts an extra, what, 22, 21% on top of that? Yeah, it depends if it is, if it is a self-employer uh, yeah. in this case. Yes, it's 21.4. Exactly. So, which is, is pretty steep, but, you know, um, yeah. But it's not, but then this is not a Portugal issue. This is Europe. So social charges apply wherever you go. So for those who are new, just something you need to factor in in your planning. Number nine is a, a big one. So this is one of the big ones I warned you about. So I'm, I'm going to read it in full. Hello, I do have a question. I'm a US citizen. Uh, I'm still in the US, but I'm considering applying for the D7 visa. The D7 application process requires applicants to sign an apartment lease in Portugal prior to applying for the D7 and prior to flying to Portugal. If I'm still living in the US, does signing this lease for an apartment in Portugal immediately trigger tax residence in Portugal? Or is Portugal tax residency not triggered until I land and I, I set foot on Portugal soil, Augusto? Okay, so the fact that you sign a rental agreement uh, does not immediately immediately trigger uh, the tax residency. So uh, uh, the first day that you uh, get to Portugal could be the first day of, of tax residency if it is your intention to stay here as and this uh, house that you rented, uh, you rented with the intention to be your uh, main about money. Okay. All right. So this is one of so, those questions. Parts. Uh, to, yeah. You just just for completeness. Usually, this is uh, the common process. So first, you need to to have a, a, a rental agreement or even buy a property in Portugal, and then apply for uh, the uh, the visa. And, fo uh, and, and follow all the steps that are required for immigration purposes to have the auto uh, residency permit and so on. And only after those steps are completed, you can be uh, registered as tax resident. Okay. All right. And the person has like parts A, B, C, D to, to, this, to this question. So the, the context is I have some mutual funds that have uh, some gains. So they're appreciated. And I'd like to sell them to reset the basis after the D7 is approved, but before I fly to Portugal. So, okay. So I think Augusto has answered that part. It, you, your residence won't be triggered until you land in Portugal with the intention to reside here. So moving on to the other parts of your very long question, but we got you. It's okay. We will go through them. Uh, remote from the US. Uh, okay, right, he's talking about the sequence of his events. He, he is in the US, he's gonna get his NIF, open a Portugal bank account, sign the lease, apply it for the D7, wait for the approval, and then after approval, 
but before flying to Portugal, sell the mutual funds, uh, deal with the US capital gains, and then move to Portugal, then land in Portugal, move into his apartment and apply for the NHR's status effective the date of my relocation, but not before, okay. All right, so I think Augusto has answered your question. If not, please just type below, but I think your question has been answered. Thank, thanks for asking that, that's a really good question. Next one, number 10. Would our US social security be taxed in Portugal? Augusto, social security payments from the US government. Oh, under the double tax treaty, uh, in principle, no. Uh, um, social security payments will be subject to taxation, if any, in the US. Okay, fantastic. What, finally, we have a question with just a simple answer, which is very rare. <laughs> okay. Well, it's simple. <laughs> All right. Okay. 11. Will, uh, okay, IRA distributions be taxed in Portugal? We answered that previously. I know that someone else asked that question. Number 12. Does Portugal tax inheritance? Okay, so does Portugal, would, would Portugal tax the inheritance money? that our son would receive uh, when we, we pass away. So Americans living here, tax resident here, they want to know Portugal will tax their, the inheritance that they plan to pass on to their son who does not live here. Augusto? You're on mute. Okay. Uh, Sorry, I was saying that uh, yeah. um, that um, inheritance inheritance taxes have always some uh, nuances as well. But uh, if we are talking about uh, uh, um, inheritance from parents to sons, mm -hmm. uh, the inheritance inheritance tax in Portugal. Uh, uh, as an exemption, so it's not applicable. Okay, but the okay, and, and I guess as it uh, they're asking about cash, that would apply. But what about? Uh, I'm just thinking aloud. What about if it were real estate? Well, the, uh, it, in terms of taxation of inheritance, it, it, it we have an exemption. From parents to uh, to to direct uh, parents, direct descendants. So what yeah, about? But, so, but if we are discussing inheritance in terms of assets that are not located in Portugal, for example, a tax resident in in Portugal, but we are talking about assets that are not located in Portugal. Those mm -hmm. assets are not subject to inheritance tax under the uh, uh, the location rules of the taxes in Portugal. Okay, gotcha. But if it were Portugal CITES assets, would it be subject to any sort of transfer taxes or stamp duty or? No, stamp duty will not apply mm -hmm. between okay. parents and, and sons. And, and kids, okay. I yes, hope that answers if, your question. If it is a gift to other or inheritance or to other others than not direct uh, parents, it okay. could be mm -hmm. between parents and sons. It could it is subject to taxation. Yes. Okay. I hope that answers your question. I'm going to switch from one list of questions to another. So just to give everybody a shot. First question on my other screen. Does applying for the NIF automatically register, NIF will be the Portugal tax ID for those who are not familiar with it, automatically register someone as tax resident or is there a separate process after obtaining the NIF? Augusto, you, you clarified that it would be upon arriving in Portugal with the intention of residing here, correct? Yes, yes. Yeah. So in terms of process, it usually, the tax identification number is requested as a non-resident 
for mm-hmm. example, for filing for 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 the purpose of signing a rental agreement, mm-hmm. you should have a tax identification number in Portugal. But when you obtain initially this tax identification number is uh, as a non-resident. Then only when you move to Portugal, you change your tax residency. So the tax identification number is no longer as a non-resident, but as a tax resident. Okay. So that clarifies. Next question in this other list is, uh, it's about inheritance again. Someone is asking about inheritance not being taxed at the NHR, but uh, it's inheritance is a, it's a big field though, but I think you, you've hit on the key points. If it's not Portugal Citus, no. If it's Portugal Citus, and it's to a direct descendant, for example, your kids, no. But if it's to someone else, potentially yes. Augusto? Yeah, that's it. That's the idea. Okay. So next question, Veronique. If I updated my NIF with my Portuguese address in January 2022, so I guess you arrived last month because we're in February now. This is being recorded in February. So you would have arrived in January 2022. Do I have until the end of March 2022 to apply for the NHR or the end of March 2023 to apply for the NHR? (laughs) March 2023 in such case because uh, the, the year of registration was 2022. Then mm-hmm. you have until the end of March of the following year. Mm-hmm. Of course, okay. you can you can you can uh, obtain the the status and apply for it right away. Okay, I hope that answers your question. If not, you can just type another one below. Next question from John, would you still have to pay U.S. taxes if you were in the NHR when your U.S. parent pass? Okay, so I'm assuming that your parents are, well, your parents are based in the U.S. and you are based in Portugal. Now, under U.S. estate tax rules, taxes are potentially levied on the estate not on the person receiving the taxes. So we, the U.S. doesn't necessarily have an inheritance tax, like, for example, in the U.K., where the person receiving the, the, uh, an asset is subject to tax. But it's the person who has passed on. Their estate is liable to tax. I know there are certain states. That's at the federal level. I know there are certain states that may have a version of an inheritance tax, but generally speaking, at the federal level and most of the U.S. states, the estate tax is levied on the estate of the person who passed. So if your parents are in the U.S. and you're here in Portugal and, you know, unfortunately they passed on, then their estate would still be responsible for any estate tax issues. I, I hope that helps. Uh, someone, oh, someone is just commenting there no inheritance tax in Portugal regardless. Okay. Thank you, Manuela. Moving down, is U.S. rental property income not taxed in general or just under the NHR? Uh, Augusto, U.S. rental income? You, you're on mute, Augusto. Sorry again. <laughs> so with respect to rental income from foreign source, in this case, uh, income from uh, real estate in, in U.S., uh, this is not subject to taxation in Portugal. It is exempt under the NHR regime. Mm-hmm. Right. So, to, uh, but, so but, I hope that but, answers uh, your question. Uh, 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 the uh, general standard uh, standard taxpayer in Portugal exemption will not apply. So, this ta- this uh, type of income would be subject to taxation. Right. So I hope that answers your question about the NHR versus no NHR when it comes to U.S. rental income. So if it is that you have a rental portfolio, 
in the U.S. investment properties in the U.S., then you should consider the NHR. Get advice because I don't know what your overall situation would be, your other assets, but it's something to, to consider. So hope that helps. And uh, next question, Victor. And this tax applies to U.S. government pensions as well. Uh, yes, uh, pensions, U.S. government pensions, Augusto. I think you, you touched on this already. Uh, well, if we are talking about uh, public pensions, so pensions received from work performed to the government or uh, other mm -hmm. uh, entities, I believe that under the double tax treaty mm -hmm. uh, concluded between Portugal and the US, US mm -hmm. have uh, exclusive right of taxation and, and, uh, and, and therefore um, I believe that in such cases are not subject to taxation in Portugal. Uh, uh, so, uh, in case of uh, pensions derived from from work performed to the government. Okay. All right. Hope that answers your question, Victor. Uh, Jeffrey, to clarify, would I pay tax in Portugal and use the foreign tax credit in the U.S. or pay tax in the U.S. and not pay any taxes in Portugal. Uh, Jeffrey, sorry, I'm not sure what type of income we're talking about, but if it is pension income, which is uh, what a lot of people ask about, if it is that you're receiving, like you have a 401k, you have an IRA, and there's gonna be a distribution from it, they'll be subject to, as Augusto said, that 10% in, in Portugal. And we will, we do we have to reclassify the income it's it's a bit of a some some tax alchemy that that international tax professionals who are familiar with the situation would know how to do so there's a bit of alchemy involved so that income even though it's u.s source will be reclassified as foreign source so that way we can uh, apply the uh, we can use the tax credits for the taxes already paid to Portugal against any U.S. liability. So the bottom line is just stepping back and looking at the big picture is that you're not going to be paying tax twice. You'll only be taxed one time on that income. You're not going to be double taxed once your team knows what, what they're doing. I hope that helps. All right, next one, John. I obtained the says NHS, but I guess he means NHR. I obtained the NHR in 2020, but filed my application bef before March 2021. Will my rate be the 10% or the zero rate? All oh, right, because yeah, right. It, it changed, right? So you obtained the NHR at the beginning of 2020, presumably that's before the 10% the regime uh, kicked in. Sorry, I'm getting more messages. But I filed, what do you mean by filed your application before March 2021? But anyway, in, in a situation like that, where he got the NHR at the beginning of 2020, does he, would he enjoy the, the former rules where his pension income would be free of that 10% tax, Augusto? Well, uh, uh, the, the, the relevant uh, date is the date of uh, tax uh, registration here in Portugal. Mm. So it, if, if the date of registration in Portugal was before uh, March 2020, the previous regime applies. Okay, gotcha. So before March 2020, if you... Uh, registered if you were tax resident in Portugal before March, 2020, you're good. Afterwards, you're in with the rest of us. Okay? Yes. Hope that helps. Next question. Okay, Bruce. Okay. Since sure possible to sell mutual funds. Okay, fine. Oh, okay. So Lisa's asking, are stepkids considered kids when it comes to uh, that inheritance tax in Portugal? which I guess would really be the stamp due to the transfer taxes. Augusto? I think so. I'm not an expert uh, in terms okay. of uh, in uh, yeah. rules, but I, I would say yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when it, when it comes to inheritance rules, even with the US tax, 
and you know estate taxes uh as transferring estate tra taxes uh that's a whole other discipline it's in in u.s taxes is actually the the area of practice with the highest amount of litigation so you <laughs> for us because we have professional liability insurance right so we have the greatest chance of being sued if we do estate tax work <laughs> because it is very very contentious uh, i'll just leave it there uh moving on john okay all right so yeah john i, I got your question before okay but I, so I'm getting it on two screens. Okay, but I'll, I'll deal with it here. I'm a US citizen with UK employment. If my company relocates me to work from Portugal, would my income tax be lower or higher than the, in, than the US if I earn more than 100K euros? At what income tax bracket would I be liable for paying dual tax to the US and are there any other taxes I'll have to pay as an employee as a an employee in Portugal such as social security health care surcharge capital gains tax crypto tax etc and three if I'm a spouse on a d7 visa I'm allowed to work for a foreign company US or UK as an employee an independent contractor if so <laughs> would my tax be less than Okay, this, this, is, uh, this is a lot, and I, I appreciate you providing a lot of, you know, details, but I think this may be a little bit beyond the scope of what we're trying to do here. But generally speaking, uh, so when you say, if your company moves you to re relocate, are you in Portugal now? So if it is that you are not in Portugal, and you're in the UK because you're a US citizen with UK employment. I'm assuming that UK employment is being exercised in the UK. Now, if it is you decide to come to work in Portugal, would your income tax be higher or lower? Uh, we'd need to run a, we'll need to run a calculation because um, the three jurisdictions in play, the US, the UK, and potentially Portugal, they all, it's not just about the headline tax rate, they're also deductions to reduce your taxable income there, you know, and various classes of income over characters of incomes, for example, capital gains versus ordinary income versus investment income. They're taxed in different ways in the different jurisdictions. So someone will need to run a scenario and we can help you with that. If you, if you reach out to me via email or you just message, uh, yeah, email. I think I got your, your other quest, this question via email so email it to me again and we can perhaps uh take that further because a scenario will need to be run where we calculate what the impact of any move would be so uh because each you you have a lot going on you have a comprehensive portfolio which is good good for you but i i don't think anybody could do it justice in in the time that we we have here so uh, i'm sorry but Yes, we, we can handle this, but we need to handle this separately. Thanks for your patience. Next question, John is asking. Uh, distributions from revocable trust considered pension income by the Portuguese tax authorities. I'm specifically interested in investments which have not grown. So this is not a cap gains question, but I'm concerned that Portugal does not recognize the trust structure, which it doesn't. <laughs> no civil law country recognizes trust. There are some exceptions, but generally no and could therefore consider this as distribution from pension. So it's revocable and it's, yeah. So uh, Augusto, correct me if I'm wrong, but the tax authority will just see straight through the trust. It does not exist. And whatever the character of the income that you're gonna receive, if it is being received from uh, a pension, as you say, it'll just be treated as pension income. And the Portugal tax authority will be blind to the fact that it passes through a trust. Am I correct in saying that Augusto? Well, to be honest, I, 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 I don't know it, 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 because it also depends uh, uh, of the position of the person in terms of uh, the trust or if it, it was the settler or not. This is something mm -hmm. that needs to be <laughs> evaluated in detail because uh, uh, the rules may be different if it, it was the settler or not. Mm, okay. 
Gotcha. All right. So that's another one. We need the devil's in the detail with some of this stuff, right? So please, could you reach out to us separately? Uh, John? Okay. Yeah. John, could you just reach out to us separately and we can perhaps, you know, take a deeper dive into it and, and give you a considered uh, position and help you with any planning that may or may not be necessary. Uh, we have come to the end of our time. I'm really, really, really sorry. I know I have, I'm seeing 10 more questions. I'm really sorry, <laughs> but you know, it, it's tax season. That, that's the way it goes. Please feel free to reach out to us uh, directly on Augusto's. This is being recorded. So if you're playing this recording, you can just rewind to uh, Augusto's slides and you can see his contact details. Uh, you can reach out to him directly or you can reach out to myself uh, via htj.tax. Just go to our website and you can, you, can, you can find me there. And we'd be pleased to you know, consider any of your uh situations from both a planning perspective so we help you with strategy tax planning alchemy and on the on the on the back side we'll help you with the actual tax filings as well so please uh reach out to us i'm really really sorry but we got so many questions and and we're grateful for all of you who have logged in on the various platforms again this is being recorded and will be available on wherever you're going to get your podcast so you can just check hug.tax thank you and we'll see you next time have a good night, day, depending on where you are. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> okay. I'm just reading more messages. <laughs> okay. You're welcome, guys. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Here are four ways we can help you. Number one. Sign up for free webinars on U.S. Expat Texas and International Entrepreneur Texas at www.htj.tex. Number two, stream premium educational videos at www.htj.tex. Number three, contact us for tax optimization consult over Zoom. Number four, high net worth. We can quote for doing your U.S. international taxes returns. Our books and upcoming events are available at htj.tax. Please subscribe, like, share, and comment below. Email us at help at htj.tax to engage us to advise on international tax or business matters.